Welcome to the Awakening Podcast Network. Get ready for an inspiring audio from this cutting-edge voice. You can find more podcasts at awakeningpodcasts.com. A reset of the prophetic movement is upon us. The second wave of prophets is rising in this hour. We stand at the edge of a new era in the prophetic. We're gathering the international prophetic community at the Global Prophetic Center, a hub for prophetic training, prophetic labs, summits, networks, and lighthouses. It's time for prophets to go deeper. It's time for seers to soar. It's time for prophetic voices to rise up and decree what says the Spirit of God with accuracy that causes the world to pay attention. The Global Prophetic Center offers proven prophetic systems and structures to equip you to walk worthy of your calling and to prophesy with precision, boldness, diplomacy, and wisdom. Get hands-on training and mentoring in a safe environment that breeds true prophetic community and learning. Receive impartation and activation. Sharpen your gift and avoid prophetic pitfalls. Get commissioned. Get networked. Get sent out with the word of the Lord in your mouth and the confidence to release it. Begin your journey today by applying at globalpropheticcenter.com. God bless. My name is Alexander Pagani, lead pastor of Amazing Church, located here uh, in the South Bronx, uh, New York City, also known as He Is Risen Tabernacle. We're under the covering of Jabula New Life International, our apostolic father and overseer is Apostle Tudor Bismarck. Amen. Well, God bless you. I want to talk to you today about extreme armor bearing coming from the book of Esther. Now, many of you know the story of the book of Esther. Uh, Turn with me to Esther chapter, Esther chapter four, Esther chapter four, and, um, all right, so this, this particular broadcast is not in anti-armor bearers. But um, here's what I want to say. Here's what I want to say is this. <laughs> okay, before, before, before we... Um, well, let me, share, let me say it the way my wife says it. Uh, she says... You know, one of the things that prophetic people have to do, or at least the community of the prophetic, is to get delivered from discerning through optics. My wife coined that phrase. She said, she, she said, uh, um, like a lot of people, we our discernment is based on optics. So we go by what we authentically see, and then we make a a predetermination and then a judgment call based on the things that we're seeing. My wife coined that. She said, prophets need to get delivered from optics, you know, going by what they see, you know. And for the most part, uh, that statement holds so true, just so true. Let me give you an example of how that works is you had a bad day at work. You know, it was rough. You go to church, you look sad. And then some prophet or some person is discerning that you want to leave the church or you're off. And you're like, huh? Like, I'm just tired. You know, it happens a lot. Uh, We all uh, we all go through it. We all go through it. Um, I don't really go through that as much, but I am observant. I'm observant. Uh, and I have made in the past some, uh, uh, judgment calls that now years later, uh, I am, I'm recanting what I thought 
I thought I knew about it. And one of the areas is armor bearers. Um, anybody that knows me, I was not anti-armor bearer, but man, I could carry my own Bible. You know, like, come on. Like, I could get my own water. You know, like, my wife is my armor bearer. Like, so when I saw, like, you know, ministers and uh, pastors walking in with an entourage, you know, that, that bothers me, man. Like, on a personal level. I'm like, what the heck, man? Like, you ain't no mafia leader, man. Like, what's wrong with you? Like, you can't carry your own Bible? Like, come on, man. Like, stop. You know? So, uh, that's some of the things that kind of pet pe are pet peeves with me throughout the years. Another thing, another thing that uh, used to bother me, uh, is the sense of what I would consider um, blind honor or blind loyalty, you know, meaning like many of the armor bearer or assistants know that the man or woman of God are not really walking right. Some of them are actually sleeping with their spiritual parent. That's a whole nother topic, you know, um, and they never said anything. Even in the midst of extreme scrutiny and their man or woman of God getting caught, like can't get out of it. They like on the Larry Reed show, you know, kind of caught. And they still, they still, uh, you know, will follow blindly a particular leader. And at that point, I would say things on previous videos like you in a cult, like you cultish, man. You, you, your spiritual parent is a warlock if they got you bound like that. You know, like, um, and that might be the case. That might be the case in a lot of, in a lot of, uh, scenarios, uh, scenarios. Uh, but here's what I've learned. Uh, and I'm going to show it to you in Esther chapter four. I'm kind of preparing, uh, the groundwork before we kind of get into it is one of the primary, uh, one of the primary, um, attributes of an armor bearer is the ability, uh, to see me for me and still serve me now i'm not talking about me all right because <laughs> i'm just saying in general meaning i don't have to be apostle it you, you shouldn't have to be apostle uh prophetess in front of your armor bearer your armor bearer should be able to just see you for you and still recognize and respect your office and see you at your norm um, and still know when to turn the button on, like, okay, you in apostle mode now, let me, sh let me shift and change. Or see you at your worst and still serve you. You know, it always baffled me why Saul's armor bearer killed himself with his king. Like, you never thought about that? You never thought about, uh, let me, I ain't gonna, listen, you kill yourself, I ain't killing myself. Like, for real though, like, Saul's armor bearer, Straight, like if had it been me, I would have fought my way through. <laughs> I would have fought my way through the Philistines and died fighting. No, Saul killed himself, and his armor bearer just killed himself. Like I, I always wondered, like why, why, you know? And then I began to while reading the book of uh, the book of Esther and the story of the kings as I've been doing lately. You know. It's a different dynamic when it comes to armor bearers and eunuchs. It's a, it's a whole different, a whole different worldview when it comes to an armor bearer and a eunuch. Now I'm not going to talk about eunuch today, but watch this. I'm going to show you something that's going to bless you. And you're going to be like, whoa, well, I never saw that in the story. So here we are. Turn with me, uh, to the book of Esther chapter four, you know, uh, and, um, so let me give you the breakdown of what's happening here. We know the story of Esther uh, uh, being a replacement 
queen for Queen Vashti. Uh, she got exiled because of her dishonor uh, in the middle of a, of a celebration. The culmination of the celebration was leaded towards the king Xerxes bringing her out and displaying his beauty because that's what kings do with their subjects is display their glory. Uh, and she refused to come out. She gets banished. And Esther or Hadassah uh, gets, uh, I believe her last name is Hadassah, yeah, uh, uh, becomes, uh, gets, uh, gets selected, gets involved in the queen training program. Long story short, uh, we find that Mordecai, her cousin uncle, or her cousin, her cousin guardian, uh, is uh, a high-ranking official uh, within, the, within the fortress of Susa. Uh, now, what's interesting is the text says in the story that everyone knew that Mordecai was a Jew. But the Bible is clear that nobody knew that Hadassah or Esther was a Jew. So at this point, uh, they're assuming that she is Persian or something else, but they did not. And the Bible is very clear in the first three chapters that Esther did not reveal her nationality. Now, 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 now watch this. Um, the only one with more influence than Mordecai was a man named Haman or Haman or Hyman. And we all know the story of Hyman. He is, he is, uh, uh, prime minister of Persia next to Xerxes, uh, has an immense amount of influence. But this influence required a particular protocol of honor and respect, but a particular kind of respect, like a fearing, like a God-man. Remember, Xerxes and the Persians believed that their emperors or their leaders were God-men or God-kings. That's where we get the story of 300 uh, God-kings. So, so when the officials would walk in the city, you had to tremble and bow down. Well, Mordecai just chose not to bow down. Okay, now watch this. Hyman uh, gets frustrated. I'm, I'm leading to, I'm going to show you something that's going to bless you. It has to do with armor bearers. Uh, gets frustrated and um, the spirit of genocide hits him. And he goes into this, this, uh, this thing of, we're going to eliminate, instead of, instead of eliminating one man, he's like, I'm going to take out the whole nation. All right, long story short, uh, they cast lots. Uh, they get a particular day when they're going to slaughter all of the Jews or annihilate them, which was called the Feast of Purim, which they still observe to this day. Um, and Mordecai finds out. Now, here's where it gets interesting. Mordecai finds out uh, and he sends a message to Esther. Let's read. And I'm going to show you something that you never saw before. And I'm going to connect it with the loyalty well, let me, let me, let me, look at this. Okay, watch this. Look what it says. Uh, okay, when, when Queen Esther, uh, you know what I'm saying? When Queen Esther um, made and eunuchs came and told her about Mordecai, she was deeply distressed. She sent clothing to him to replace the burlap, but he refused it. Um, verse five. Then Esther, look at this. Then Esther Sent for Hathak, Hathak, A H A T H A C H, Hathak or Hathak, one of the king's eunuchs. Watch this. 
Watch this. One of the king's eunuchs uh, who had been appointed as her attendant. Now, 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 the, in, in this particular armor bearer uh, and eunuch, sort of the same thing. Maybe different functions, but same role. Same role. Now watch this. Look at this. Okay, so this attendant of Esther was actually an armor bearer eunuch to the king himself. The king himself. Watch this. Watch this. She ordered him to go to Mordecai and find out what was troubling him and why he was in mourning. Verse 6. So Hathak or Hathik went out to Mordecai in the square in the in front of the palace gate. Look if now here's where it gets crazy. Watch this. Verse 7. Mordecai told him the whole story, including the exact amount of money that Haman had promised to pay into the royal treasury for the destruction of the Jews. Look at verse 8, context. You know saying? Look at this. Look at this. Look at this. Mordecai gave Hathak a copy of the decree issued in Zuza that called for the death of all the Jews. He asked Hathak to show it to Esther and explain the situation to her. Watch this. Watch this. It's about to get crazy. He also asked Hathak to direct her to go to the king to beg for mercy and plead for her people. So Hathak returned to Esther with Mordecai's message. Then Esther told Hathak to go back and relay this message to Mordecai. All the king's officials and even the people of the provinces all throughout appear before the king in the inner court without being invited is doomed to die unless the king holds out the gold scepter. And the king has not called for me for the, for the last 30 days. So Athak gave Esther's message to Mordecai. Look at verse 13. Mordecai sent this reply back to Esther. Don't you think for a moment that because you're in the palace, that you will escape all other Jews uh, that are killed. Look what it says. If you keep quiet at, at a time like this, deliverance and relief for the Jews will arise from somewhere else. But you and your relatives will die. Stop right there. Stop right there. Stop right there. Stop right there. What does this got to do with armor bearers and eunuchs? Is this. Is this. Look at this. Watch this. Look at this. Watch this. Look. Watch this. Is. Notice how. Notice how. The eunuch. The armor bearer. And eunuch. Serves the king. Watch this. But the armor bearer has a secret that the king don't know. What's the secret? That Esther, his wife, the queen, is a Jew. And the armor bearer knows. Mordecai knows. Esther knows. But the king don't know. What does this mean? Is this. Is one of the manifestations or the attributes of a real armor bearer and a real eunuch serving under someone is the ability to keep secrets. Let me say that again. Let me say that again. Let me say that again. Xerxes doesn't know she's a Jew, but her fuck 
who is the main armor bearer and eunuch to the king knows, but Xerxes don't know. And there's this dialogue going on between, listen, Esther and Mordecai in the hands of a, of a eunuch who is able to keep a secret. And watch this. And even after, with this information, the eunuch did not pull a Takashi 69. Did you catch what I just said? One of the main attributes of being someone's assistant is the ability to have sanctified confidentiality. Let me say that again. Sanctified confidentiality. If God can't trust you to see me without my glasses and to just see Alex, then baby, you can't. God will not give you the privilege to get close to me. Did you catch it? Oh, you're not ready for this. You're not ready for this. Wait, 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 wait. You all these years thought that she revealed that she was a Jew when she touched the scepter. No, the verse here says that days before, this was even before the fast, before the fast, she already had revealed, Mordecai had already revealed that the queen, Esther, is really, a, her name is really not Esther. Her name is Hadassah. And you don't find, this is what I'm saying, you don't find the eunuch or the armor bearer just saying, whoa, 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 what the heck is this? Ah, I'm going to go tell the king because you lying. You've been lying. You be I wonder what was going through Hathak's head when he found out that she was a Jew. I wonder what was going through his head that he had been serving a Jew all this time and didn't even know and that the king didn't know that the king Xerxes didn't know and both Hadassah, Mordecai and the eunuch armor bearer had a secret. There's a secret. Do you know that a secret when serving a king can cost you your life? You miss what I just said. If the king becomes privy to the fact that you knew who she was and concealed it from me, I can no longer trust you. So therefore, you and your descendants get beheaded. Listen, 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 listen. Watch this. It's this. No one is saying hide sin. Listen, no one is saying hide sin. I'm not saying hide sin. Come on, stop, stop that. No, no. But what I am saying is if the Lord gives you closeness to a woman, a man of God, and you get to see them with away from the way everyone else sees them, then you are required to have sanctified confidentiality and pray and fast for their breakthrough. 
and fast and pray and seek the Lord for that you are to be their greatest intercessor. Listen to what I'm saying. Let me say it again. So what many people think is cultish, are oh, you in a cult, is actually sanctified. Could God trust you to see me with my glasses off? How about this? Could God trust you to be around me when I say things like this? I don't feel like doing deliverance today. I don't want to do no deliverance. I, I'm, I didn't even pray all day today. I'm not anointed today. I ain't got no glory on me. I don't want to do no deliverance. Could you handle that? Could you handle a day where it's like, I just don't feel like helping nobody today. I want to go home. Could you handle that? I'm not, now I'm not saying that I say things like that, but wow, maybe I do say things like that sometimes. But <laughs> that's neither here nor there. Could you, could you handle your man or woman of God's your, could you handle your Esther's nationality and not tell the king, even at the cost of your life? Listen, listen to what I'm saying. Listen to what I'm saying. Listen to what I'm saying. Why am I saying this? Very simple. Many of you leaders in your church, you during this pandemic have seen another side of your woman of God, your man of God that you might not have been prepared to see because your Esther had never faced a genocide like coronavirus. Let me say it again. You know, I've seen powerful men and women of God be authentically shook. Like, and it doesn't mean they ain't got no faith. You know, you're fighting... You're fighting an enemy. Well, you know what I mean. You know what I mean. Could you, could you handle that or did you call somebody and say X, Y, and Z? Like I never seen my church like this. What is going on with my church? I never seen them so faithless or whatever or just anything. Could you or did you violate... Did you do a Takashi 69? Did you just go snitch and say, you know what, I'm gonna say something? Or can God trust you to be like Hathak and not say anything? And just keep that what you saw or what you're seeing to yourself. To seeing to yourself. Let me tell you something. These protests, I've never seen some of my most sanctified pastor friends be in the flesh more than I have seen them ever since I've ever known them. And there's certain things I'm just going to take with me to the grave of the things, stuff that I'm like, wow. You know, like I've received phone calls with, let me tell you something, man. I've been on the phone with various apostles, well, more apostles, not prophets, but apostles that were on the phone Blankety blanking, if you know what I mean. Hurting, hurting. And when I mean blankety blanking, so hurt about the virus taking their father or their mother. They're on the phone with me, cursing up a storm because they're that angry that why did God allow this? Like what, what, what in the world is going on? And hurting, grieving, 
grieving and I'm on the phone like, I'm with you, man. I'm with you. I'm with you. No judgment on my part. I'm just like, I'm with you. I'm with you. You know, listen, I'm not, I'm not playing around. Like, like seriously, like on the phone, you know, like what the blankety blank is going on? Why is God allowing this? Why it had to be in my church? Blankety blank. Like, I'm like, whoa, like, dude, I don't talk like that, you know, but I hear you and I'm with you, man. I'm with you. I cry with you. Come on, let's cry together. And then afterwards, them telling me like, thank you for listening to me, man. And I'm like, listen, that's good. It's, it's all right. It's all right. I'm here, man. I'm here. I don't know what to say. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, and um, uh, it sanctified confidentiality. This is true stuff. This is true stuff. This, tr this true, true stuff. And then they go and preach on Sunday. Like, I'm like, oh, God. Like, whoa. Like, what the heck? You know, like, Jesus. Um, um, can God trust you? With information like that, and you not, uh, and you not go and tell Xerxes, hey, King, I have something to tell you. Um, you know, Esther, the one you really like, she's really a Jew. She's Jew. No, the Bible here, let's read it again, is. Esther chapter four, I have it highlighted. I have it highlighted in yellow. Um, says that Mordecai and Esther are talking between them and a mediator, and the mediator is a eunuch and an armor bearer to directly under the king, but but also assigned to protect her, and and her nationality is revealed, but yet. The eunuch and the armor bearer don't say anything. Man, if that's not a level of sanctified confidentiality and straight maturation, then I don't know what is. I don't know what is. So I'm publicly correcting myself because four to five years ago, I was saying that that level of sanctified confidentiality was cultish. Ain't it like God... To correct your theology through maturation, you you go through some stuff, you you mature in the word, and then God says what you thought really wasn't, and then you see things for the way things really are, and then and then you have to, and then you have to, uh, you have to uh, switch up your theology and grow and grow to another level, um. Yeah, man, I read this and I said, listen, uh, um, I said, man, that's crazy. Hidden. Let me tell you something. I've been saved since 1992. I've been saved since 1992. I got saved in jail in upstate, downstate correctional facility. All right. Now watch this. Look at this. Um, since 1992 until 2020, I didn't know that. All these years, I thought Esther revealed her nationality at the moment that she she kissed and bowed and touched the scepter of Xerxes and then told, told him, I'm a Jew, 
And this guy right here, Haman, your best guy, is trying to annihilate us. No, the Bible says here that um, she revealed who she was to the eunuch to tell Mordecai. Mordecai is revealing who she is. And the eunuch said nothing. The eunuch said nothing. Let me freely say this, that I repent. And many of you watching me, you need to repent for our immaturity of years gone by in this area. Now, I'm not talking about armor bearers that hide sin and sleep around with their spiritual parent. I'm not talking about that. Run for your life if you in something like that. Run, run. You know what I'm saying? And that is a cult. I'll say, but what I am saying is when God allows you to be that close to an Esther, that Esther can reveal her nationality without worrying about you being Takashi 69 and snitching to Xerxes about who she is. Let me tell you something. Had the armor bearer told Xerxes, we would have been reading a different story. We would have been reading a different story. We would have been reading a whole different story of the book of Esther. Did you catch it? But because the armor bearer was able to be, now obviously he's not sanctified, but I would tell you this, Esther was a woman of God, even though the word God is not mentioned in the book of Esther, but Esther is God's vessel. So even though Hathak wasn't a Jew, but the Bible says in the New Testament that the believing wife sanctifies the unbelieving husband. So Hathak did operate in sanctified confidentiality. Can God trust you when your church reopens for you to not take personal the things that you saw and heard or what you thought you were going to see as in relation to how your church was going to respond and not go back with a secret, but that God allowed you to see where your church is and where your leaders are and still be able to intercede and pray and stand in the gap and say, you know what? Thank you, God, for showing me the human side, the human side of my leaders. Let me say this freely, um, man. I have, I have the greatest leadership in all of New York City. Let me tell you something, man. The leaders of Amazing Church, man, we have grown so close to each other in this season. And the intercessors uh, that have been carrying the church online and praying and fasting. Let me tell you something. Um, our church... Specifically, the intercessors and the and my pastoral staff, uh, with the members as well. But let me just let me just tell you something. Our leadership staff, and let me tell you something about my wife. Today, I was just saying to myself that when we get back up and running, I just wanna I wanna do something so big to honor my wife because she has been an absolute shero in all of this. Like my Mama Pagani has been a shero. Woman hero in uh, in all of this that I'm like, whoa, like seriously, in such an ways and in such an amazing way that I'm like, man, she is the Esther 
for our church. I'll be that Mordecai. <laughs> but let me tell you something. Our leadership, as well as many of you that are watching with your church, we've seen each other at our worst. You know what it's like to be in the Bronx last March of 2020 when a thousand people were dying daily? Everybody was shook. Like, every, do you know how much we had to call each other just to keep ourselves from spazzing out? We literally just had to call each other like, you all right? You all right? You all right? You okay? Call me. Talk to me. Where you at? You know what I'm saying? Just to be able to be sane, to see each other in our most vulnerable moment and still honor each other's position and office and not say, you know, I don't think you're ready for that position, man. No, we've seen each other at our most vulnerable and nobody, nobody has taken it to the level of, well, when this is over, I'm out of here because whatever the case may be, you know what I'm saying? Like, um, that's what I wanted to kind of instill in you. For those of you that are watching is if God has allowed you to be privy of the vulnerability of your Esther, God is trusting you to be like Hathak. And not tell, and not tell Xerxes about who Esther really is. He kept it quiet and he moved forward. Ask the Holy Spirit to help you, to help you mature in this area where you could have sanctified confidentiality and not see it as overlooking sin. For those of you prophets, that feel like, well, if you knew, why you ain't say nothing? Let me, let me tell you something. The Bible says that there's a time to expose and a time to conceal. You could go look this up. It actually says a time to conceal and a time to expose, which means sometimes our prophetic office becomes so zealous and so stuck on a particular, uh, uh, worldview that you forget the other side of, you know what? I, Instead of exposing, I'm going to weep in this situation and I'm going to pray and I'm going to hold, I'm going to pray to God about what I think I believe I'm seeing. Um, now I'm not talking about overlooking, uh, I'm not talking about overlooking sin. I'm not talking about that, but I am talking about overlooking vulnerability. So as all of you return to your churches, guys, listen to me. And I'm going to say this again because I said this about two weeks ago, no, three weeks ago. Pastors, listen to me, pastors and leaders. You have seen people in your church during this pandemic, you've seen the nastiness of who they really are. Let's just be honest. Everybody wasn't loving in our churches during this pandemic. And I know that you're tempted that when you get back to the church, you're going to blast everybody. I'm here to tell you that that is not the Holy Spirit. That is you, your hurt, your, your, your feeling some type of way, that is not the Holy Spirit. Let me tell you something, man. When you get back in that building, even if you mad at a particular group of people, be happy that they're alive and they didn't die because of the virus. You do not, 
You are not to go back to your buildings on that. I'm a spaz and I'm a strip people. Oh, no, that's not the Holy Ghost. That's you. And God sent me here to tell you that you are not hearing the Holy Spirit and that that is you and your feelings. You, you, you're operating under a spirit of Haman right now. That's you. That's a spirit of leadership genocide. Oh, that's good right there. Holy Ghost gave me that one right there. You trying to do like Haman. You want to kill all the Jews because you mad at Mordecai. No, 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 no. When you get back to that building, the last thing the church wants you to do is throwing indirects. I mean, you need to get, get delivered from that. You bet when you get back in that building, you, 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 you need to offer up a moment of worship and praise. You want to know why? Because you still got your building. You know how many pastors lost their building because they can't afford it? You still got your building. The finances might have gotten hit, but you still got the building. You get in that building and you worship and you praise and you go into the next phase of whatever new vision that God has given you. And take that church to the next level. Amen. You have gifts. God expects you to use them. If you need training to school your gift, log on to schoolofthespirit.tv. You'll find training in spiritual warfare, prophetic ministry, prayer, seer's ministry, writing, and so much more. Go to schoolofthespirit.tv today. You want to go deeper? Get equipped to overcome and walk in God's purpose for your life at Awakening House of Prayer's online campus. You'll experience an online family, preaching, teaching, and prophetic impartation for victorious living. We have over a thousand members online hungry for what God is saying and doing in the earth. Visit ahop.online today and join our family. This has been a production of the Awakening Podcast Network. Jennifer LeClaire is the founder and owner of APN. Our heart is to inspire people and exalt Jesus with every broadcast. We're grateful for our advertisers and supporters that make these podcasts possible.